This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Hello out there in AFR Radio Land, and welcome to another exciting episode of Because I Said So with your host, John Roseman. I'm all about parenting, and I hope you can stay with us for the next half hour. I finished up last Saturday's show with a testimonial from a mother whom I did not identify, who was telling me that she started out her mothering career with a boy who by the age of three was completely out of control and that it was at that point in her parenthood that she learned from her husband's superior officer in the Navy about me and my work. And she started reading my books and getting a hold of everything I had written as much of what I had written as she possibly could and took some drastic steps that I talk about in my book, uh, The Well-Behaved Child. And within a very short period of time, her son was completely under control and uh, went to kindergarten, and uh, his teachers praised him as being well-behaved, well-mannered, obedient, respectful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she went on to have seven kids, and she ended her letter by saying, thank you, John Rosemond. It's all because of you. And I really, really, I mean, I can't tell you how much that letter warmed my heart. It's what I live for is hearing people say that uh, my ministry to America's parents has changed their lives. But in all honesty, I don't take credit for the advice that I give people. All I'm doing is using two sources. First of all, I am using the principles that governed the raising of children 60-plus years ago. I sometimes humorously say I'm channeling for my great-grandmother. And secondly, I use God's Word. And so I use two sources outside myself, which is why I call myself the great parenting plagiarist, because I don't have any new ideas. I believe God has given me a gift of discernment and understanding where child rearing is concerned. I believe that he has, along with this gift, given me an assignment and a ministry. And uh, that's my view on what I do, is this is an assignment, it is a ministry, it is a gift, and I'm not making up new ideas. This is what the mental health professions now see, and I am a psychologist, I'm, and, I, and I tell every, uh, every audience I speak to, whether on the radio or, or elsewhere in America, this, I am a psychologist, I happen to hold a license to practice psychology issued by the duly appointed North Carolina Psychology Board. They regret the day they ever gave me a license because... I absolutely know, it's not my opinion, that psychology has caused most of the problems that we are currently dealing with in American parenting, which, by the way, parents did not deal with 
before we started listening to psychologists and mental health professionals in general tell us how to raise kids. When we were still listening to our children's grandparents and great-grandparents and other elders in our churches and communities advise us on the raising of children, when a stable parenting paradigm was handed down from generation to generation intact during each transfer, and when the receiving generation revered the way they themselves had been raised, we were raising children well. And then we started listening to the progressive postmodern voice of psychology America, and everything went to Hades in a straw basket. And so that, you know, that's my mission is to restore traditional biblically based parenting to America. So I was uh, presenting at Trinity Free Will Baptist Church in Greenville, North Carolina, wonderful group of people, Pastor Ken, his wife Jane, uh, just everybody there was just I mean, friendly and embracing. And I presented on Friday night. I was a one-man family conference for three days. <laughs> I presented on Friday night following dinner. I presented on Saturday morning for two and a half hours following breakfast. And I presented on Sunday morning. I did Sunday school, and then I did the sermon. And then on Sunday afternoon, I did two hours of presentation to wrap it all up. And a couple introduced themselves to me the first night, Friday night, and they told me they had driven from Richmond, Virginia to hear me talk. Now, Richmond, Virginia is three to three and a half hours, depending on the weight of your right foot, from Greenville. And so these folks drove, let's call it three and a half hours to Greenville to hear me talk. And I said, well, you know, why'd you do that? Uh, Not a challenging question, but just seeking information. And they had heard me last fall at a school in Richmond and where I had spoken for only 90 minutes. And they said that the 90 minutes they spent listening to me in Richmond in the fall had completely transformed their parenting. That they had gone home and within a week had transformed their three-year-old child from a disobedient, wild, tantruming to an obedient, calm, relaxed child and uh, they said they they couldn't believe it, and they figured that if 90 minutes of listening to me could produce that, that six or seven hours of listening to me would uh, have to produce a whole lot more. And they gave up, uh, they, they stood up, and they gave their testimony to the entire group at my request, and only because... I wanted people to understand, to see firsthand, look, this stuff works. Here are people who are testifying to the fact that it works. They're ordinary, average people. They're not exceptional people in any respect. And you can do this too. And uh, But again, I was very careful to point out to the audience, look, I take no credit for this whatsoever. Uh, All I'm doing is following God's instructions and passing them along and channeling for my great-grandmother and passing that wisdom along 
And of course, you know, my great grandmother was uh, she her parenting book was the Bible. And so there's really no difference, actually. But that's what I'm doing. So people give me the credit, but the credit is really not due to me personally in the final analysis. I've been given a gift to discern, to understand, to communicate with America's parents. And uh, but it's but the, the stuff I'm talking about, it all comes from the highest authority, let me assure you. So I uh, recently began writing a book. Uh, maybe it's going to be a website-based, video-based parenting program. And I'm, I'm developing it. I'm in the process of developing it. And when I develop something like this, I develop it in front of audiences. And the title of this is The 10 Biggest Mistakes That Parents Make and How to Stop Making Them. And for anybody out there who's writing it down real quickly, um, I've already copyrighted and trademarked that title. So don't uh, try any funny stuff. But uh, anyway, The 10 Biggest Mistakes Parents Make and How to Stop Making Them. And the first biggest mistake that parents make is listening to the experts and believing that they know what they're talking about. And since I talk about that every week on the show, I will just be very brief about talking about that. But what I'm going to do over the next few shows is go through some of those mistakes, one at a time, a segment at a time on this program, and hopefully communicate to you, my radio audience, what you need in order to bring about in your homes what uh, the two parents that I've been talking about up till this point in time, the two sets of parents brought about in their homes within a relatively short period of time, transforming out-of-control children into respectful, obedient, and focused kids. So anyway, the first of the 10 biggest mistakes, again, that parents make is believing the experts, believing the people with capital letters after their names simply by virtue of their capital letters and their impressive credentials know what they're talking about. And this has been a major theme of this show, that we have been hoodwinked in American parenting by the mental health professional community who made up invented, snatched out of thin air, a new way to raise children, because these are progressives who believe in new things, you know, and a new way to raise children in the 1960s, marketed it very skillfully and effectively to the American parent, and things have been going downhill from there. I have given that a lot of attention, so I'm not going to give it a lot of attention on this show, only to remind everyone that no piece of psychological theory that constitutes what I call postmodern psychological parenting has ever been proven, and most of it's been disproven. For example, high self-esteem, the research finds, is highly associated with antisocial behavior, The research has failed to confirm that behavior modification, the manipulation of reward and punishment to bring about changes in human behavior, no one has ever proven that behavior modification works on humans. 
And everything, and I mean everything Freud ever said, has been disproven. So um, with that, we're going to take a break. The show is called Because I Said So. I'm John Rosemond, your host. You can find out more about me by going to my website at johnrosemond.com. And uh, I'm on American Family Radio every Saturday, 5 o'clock Central Time, 6 o'clock Eastern. All right, well, glad you could stay with us. And what I've started doing with this program and this particular program is I have started going through a new parenting presentation that I have developed or I'm in the process really of developing, but I never really stop being in the process of working on something. It is called The 10 Biggest Mistakes Parents Make and How to Stop Making Them. And the way that I have organized the material is to associate each of the 10 biggest mistakes that parents make with a common parental complaint. The first of the 10 is, in other words, this is the mistake, is believing the experts. And the parental complaint that is associated with believing the experts is, John, the raising of children is highly confusing, anxiety-arousing, guilt-producing, etc., etc. And the principle here is that the more, and this is a very ironic thing for me to say because I've written, depending on how you count them, I've written between 15 and 20 parenting books, uh, books on child-rearing and other family issues, but I maintain this, that if you read secular parenting material, in other words, parenting material that is not true to God's Word, and by the way, I'm absolutely convinced there's a whole lot of people out there who are marketing themselves as Christian parenting experts, and I'm not going to name any names, who are Marketing psychological parenting in effect. I will say this, grace-based parenting is psychological parenting. That's what it is. And I tell parents uh, all the time, Christian parents in uh, gathered in Christian churches, we need to be aware that uh, the serpent invades our community with stuff like grace-based parenting, which is nothing but psychology in sheep's clothing. This is a disingenuous attempt on the part of certain people to market. All they've done is repackage secular parenting, dressed it up with a few Christian ideas, and they primarily the term grace, and market it to a Christian audience as one Baptist pastor told me a year or so ago, he said, John, I, I went to a seminar on grace-based parenting, and I felt like I was taking psychology 101. So anyway, the first mistake that parents make is believing the experts. The parental complaint associated with believing the experts is 
John, this, meaning the raising of a child or children, is often very confusing. I don't know what to do. I'm beset with anxiety, worry, concern, and guilt. And the principle is that the more you read secular parenting material or parenting material more broadly that is not faithful to God's word and God's plan for the raising of children as clearly set out in the Bible, the more confused, the more anxious, the more worried, the more concerned you will become. As I have said many, many times, the only source of parenting advice that will keep your parenting path straight, a reference to Proverbs 3, 5, 3, 6, actually, is God's word. If you depend on man's understandings when it comes to the raising of children, a reference to Proverbs 3, 5, uh, in that case, you will zigzag all over the parenting playing field and never find a coherent sense of direction. And that that's what's going on in American parenting today, folks, is people are just zigzagging all over the playing field, trying this, trying that, doing this, doing that. And, you know, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Paul says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. In other words, it doesn't say, fathers, don't ever upset your children. That would be ridiculous for Paul to say, based on other things that he said about children. He's not saying that. He's saying, fathers, if you don't bring your children up, according to God's word in the training and instruction of the Lord, you will exasperate your children because your children will not understand what you are trying to do and you will never be predictable. And so if you depend on man's understandings as opposed to depending on the training and instruction of the Lord in the raising of children, you will exasperate your children and you will exasperate yourselves. There is no doubt about it. So, mistake number two is wanting children to cooperate. Wanting children to cooperate. And the parental complaint that goes along with that is, John, my children won't do what I tell them to do. Right, they will not, because if you want your children to cooperate, then instead of telling them what to do, and telling them the way it's going to be, you plead, bargain, bribe, cajole, reason, explain, encourage, and promise. And when none of that works, then you get frustrated and you threaten. And when that doesn't work, then you scream and then you feel bad. And then you purge your guilt by doing something special for your child. And then you go right back to pleading, bargaining, bribing, cajoling, reasoning, explaining, encouraging, and promising, and around and around you go, and you will continue to go around and around and around until you learn how to tell your children what to do. This idea that we should be seeking cooperation from children is an example of what I call socialist parenting. It is leftist, liberal secular humanist parenting. 
It is socialist because it presumes, as Thomas Gordon, the author of the best-selling parenting book of the 1970s, and his acolyte and apostle Dorothy Briggs, the author of this second best-selling parenting book of the 1960s, Gordon wrote Parent Effectiveness Training, and Briggs wrote Your Child's Self-Esteem, both said the family should be democratic and the parent-child relationship should be regarded as a relationship between equals. And so if you presume that the parent-child relationship is a relationship between equals, then you would seek cooperation. See, to insist that a person does what you tell him to do implies that you occupy a position of authority over that individual. And oh, no, no, no. The psychologists who began writing about parenting in the 1960s and 70s all said, oh, no, no, no. The traditional use of parental authority is damaging to a child's psyche and self-esteem. And we mustn't do that. We must regard the parent-child relationship as a relationship between equals. Parents should not tell children what to do. Oh, no, no, no. That's bad. That causes children psychic angst. And instead, we should ask children to cooperate. And, you know, today we have kids who are disobedient, disrespectful, ill-mannered, and so on and so forth as a consequence largely of this kind of drivel that came out of the mental health professions and is still coming out of the mental health professions. Let me tell you, folks, the Wall Street Journal about a month ago reviewed a book called Parent Speak by Jennifer Lear, I think her name was, and because it was reviewed in the Wall Street Journal, hey, guess what? It's going to be a bestseller, and Jennifer Lear says that one of her sources of inspiration is Thomas Gordon's Democratic Conflict Resolution Model. Oh, how sweet. So in the year 2017, we're going right back to where we started from and right back to what started all this problem in the first place. Thank you, Jennifer Lear, for um, your dedication to socialist parenting. We all appreciate it. No, uh, Lear actually said in, it says in her book that telling a child good job is in some way uh, disturbing to a child because it robs the child of autonomy and things like this. And telling a child to say thank you to Mrs. Jones for inviting you over for a play date this afternoon is all about the parent controlling the child and not respecting the child's feelings. I mean, folks, this is what caused all of this problem with child-rearing in the first place. And these people, because they have no other drum to beat, they keep beating this drum. They've been beating it for 50 years, and they'll probably be beating it in the year 2067, 50 years from now. Because they have nothing else to say. Because if they said something else, they would have to say what I'm saying, which is they have given bad advice for 50 years, 52 actually, since 1965, 
and they are going to continue giving bad advice. And if we want to get a grip on this thing we now call parenting, we had better start understanding how people did it 60-plus years ago, when children were respectful, obedient, hardworking, trustworthy, etc., etc., etc. Mischievous, yes, but they did not get in your face and tell you what they thought about you. So anyway, I'm John Rosemond, and you can learn more about me on my website at johnrosemond.com. You can uh, find upcoming and speaking engagements there. And I'm here on American Family Radio all across the United States of America, Saturday at 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern, etc., etc. Glad you could join us. Hope you can join us next Saturday. Bye-bye now.